Welcome to the new episode of Starting Your Own Coffee Shop. I am Jerry Stolani, the founder of Cafe Chocolat in downtown DC. I had no experience when I started four years ago. And if I can do it, you can too. Tune in. In this episode, I will talk about and dissect a phone call I had a couple of days ago with somebody who called me from out of state. They had always wanted to open a coffee shop. Not really a coffee shop, it was something else, but in combination with coffee, kind of like a dual products. It's like almost like coffee and donuts type of situation, right? But it was a, a, a specific, very kind of specialty product. And they had never done this before. They had always dreamed of starting their own shop. And the situation was that they had either changed jobs or due to COVID, you know, had, had a reduction or had lost their, their job. And now they had thought a long time about whether they should go back to the workforce or whether they should just pursue their dream of opening this small, unique store. And we, we talked about it. They explained the situation to me. They explained what they wanted to do. And my response to initially when... When I started, I said, listen, this could, have been, this could be the best call you ever made or this could be the worst call you ever made in terms of the type of information you get from me or how you feel about your idea after we talk together. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you everything, how I feel about it. And again, emphasis on I feel about it. And you have to... Think about what I'm saying. You have to talk to 100 other people. Think about what they're saying. But at the end of the day, you have to make a decision whether this is the right thing for you or not, or whether you will start or how you will go about it. So whatever I say, I said, take it with a, a grain of salt. Again, I am. I may not be as passionate about what you are doing as you are obviously I haven't thought about it as long as you have and there must be something in you that's driving you to say I'm going to do this so don't let whatever words I say change how you feel about it but at the same time the smart people learn from other people's mistakes right so just listen to what everybody has to say and then you make a decision and um and they said sure you know but so what what do you think about the idea of starting a shop and i said okay well how much money do you think you're going to spend on this and the answer was well i don't know i don't know how much money i'm going to spend on this so i said well do you just ballpark figure like is there a limit that you're going to put on yourself say i'm not going to spend more than 50,000 on my business or 20,000 or 500,000. Again, I don't know what their budget is. And they said, no, I just, I don't know. That's why I'm calling you because I, I don't know how much money to spend on the business. And that right there is probably the wrong way to start, right? Before you even 
start asking for advice, you should know what your limits are. You should understand your limitations. Now, once you find out more information, then you can expand those limitations or just do with them as, as, as you please. But you should have an idea. You should, you should not just have an idea, but you should know, listen, I have $50,000 in savings and maybe I can get a, a credit line for another $150,000. So at 200, I'm maxed out. So any project that's over $200,000, either we're going to have to figure out a way to bootstrap it or it's just too much. I'm not going to take it on, right? Or you should have the idea of, I only have 20 bucks, let me see what I can do with 20 bucks, right? And that way you can think about, okay, well, we can get a $10 bag at Whole Foods of coffee or somewhere. And then we're going to find the cheapest way to brew this in some type of a setting, even in like some type of a backyard party and see what happens, right? And see if people like my concept. But you should have an idea when 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 you start and that tells me when when i have a conversation with people and they haven't even thought about this like what is their max or what's their plan in terms of how much they're willing to jump into this that just tells me that maybe this is not the right thing that you haven't thought about it you're too much into this euphoria of dreaming of having the shop and your dream coming to reality but what you have in your head and the outcome you have in your head before you even get there there's a lot of work and a lot of money that needs to be spent on the way right depending on how you approach it so right there and then i i think there was an issue with with how they had started thinking about this two we started talking about, I said, okay, well, tell me a little bit about your concept. And they said, well, you know, it's coffee and some type of dessert that apparently it's it's very popular in certain parts of the world. The world. And I said, okay, and in your market, do you think this is going to be a product in the market where you're going to launch it? Are there going to be a lot of people from those parts of the world that really like this type of uh, dessert or this type of cookie or whatever it was or are you going to introduce this to a whole new market where you have to do a lot of teaching like this is how you eat it this is you know you i don't know I, i've never had it so i couldn't tell i couldn't tell you know how it tastes with coffee or not so but the 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 question was valid in the sense that do you have to do a lot of educating consumer education on your product or is is there a ready market there just waiting for this product to come out because they had had it at home and they don't have it here anymore? And the, the answer is, uh, I don't know, but it's it's pretty popular. Okay, but pretty popular is very, it's a very relative word. It might be popular maybe to you because you're too deep into this. But it might be a very niche product, and 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 you know, popularity doesn't necessarily mean sales in a profitable way. If you're popular with a very small crowd, you're not going to make a lot of money. 
because you have to take in consideration consumption habits, right? If it's a it's a if it's a product that doesn't need a lot of training and if it's a product that can have mass adaptation with very very little training and people have to come back and get it at least twice a week if you put a shop in a high traffic area maybe you'll be able to to make it right kind of like coffee like you you need to get people in a situation where they come to a shop every day to get their morning coffee right and that's how you get the sales that you need uh, because if you have you know 300 loyal customers and they're coming there every day five days a week to get their morning coffee well that's 1500 coffees you just sold that week just from those 300 customers that you know come in every day to get their coffee so that's how you you kind of stack your dollars and pennies that you're making on some of some of these uh, just low price items so that's that's the other thing that i think people don't think about they don't think about doing a little bit of a market analysis like is is there is there a market for the product I'm launching? Am I the only one because really nobody's thought about it? Or am I the only one because everybody's looked at it and they said, you know what, this is not a big enough market for me to be in this in this business or in this category. And you don't have to do rocket science. You can just kind of say, okay, let, let me take a, a product like um, Alpha Horus. So Alpha Horus are type of traditional cooking, Argentina, Uruguay, Paraguay, Bolivia, they all kind of have their own version of, of alfajore. It's uh, it's basically like two shortbread cookies with dulce de leche cream in the middle. And some of them have coconut on the side or not, or some don't have dulce de leche in the middle, but like fig jam or just some type of a jam. Um, in there and everybody's got their own thing but it's very popular in latin america right so if you have a shop and it's right next to the latin american bank well it's it's a good idea to carry them because there's five thousand latin american employees uh, or employees mostly from latin america who are aware of the product and when they come out at 2 p.m to get their pick me up shot of coffee now they get something that they always eat at home, that it's a traditional thing, that they accompany their coffee. So you can make a lot of sales there, right? But you have to kind of understand who, what the market is, and you have to kind of understand what you have around you so that you can adopt your product to that market. It's, it's easier to find an unmet need and bring a product than to bring a product and try to find customers to buy that product, right? So you're you're kind of swimming against the grain here. And I think there were the the the, the people that I was that I were talking that I was talking to were really doing this backwards, right? Uh, they were saying I have a product and I know it's an awesome product and I love it. I don't know if there's a market for it, but it's such a good product. Everybody should buy it. Well, what? you think everybody should buy and what people think everybody should buy are not necessarily the same thing. So 
you don't want to get into a me marketing situation where if I do it and I love it, then there's going to be a lot of people that do it or love it, whatever that product is. So in in that sense, it it takes some time to think about what it is you're doing, what you're launching, why you're launching it, and who's going to buy it, right? So do some research before you even get into asking yourself, should I quit my job <laughs> or I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to do this. Just make sure that there's really something there and just desire, <clears throat> just desire alone doesn't make a business profitable or even viable, right? And then we, we talked, the next question that came up was what type of store size should I get? Again, you don't have any idea what your product is. You don't really know how much money you're going to commit to this project. I think it's a little bit of an overreach to now start talking about what size your business should have, like what size floor space you should be getting. And and when you get to that, a lot of people don't realize how much of a headache it is to sign a 10-year contract not knowing if your business is going to survive the first six months of business, right? And especially if you're coming in with niche products that you're going to have to do a lot of training, a, a lot of consumer training, you need a lot of money, a lot of marketing money, a lot of firepower, and a lot of sampling that you're going to give out. That's production money that you may not have to make sure that people try it and they get a sense of what it is so they can come back and buy it at a future time, right? So if you don't understand all of this stuff, then you shouldn't be looking, you shouldn't be going the step further to start thinking about whether you're going to find a space with a broker or by yourself. It's, you're, you're, you're setting yourself up for a lot of trouble and a lot of headaches. Because once you sign that contract, more often than not, or I would say probably 100% or 99.99% of the time, you're going to have to sign a personal guarantee. And that personal guarantee means that if you can't afford to pay your rent, everybody's going to come after you for, or you and your family for, for that money or whatever it is that you, whatever commitment, financial commitment you've made, right? So just don't do it. Don't don't uh, don't jump into something without having thought about this. So what's the best way if you have a very if if you're in this situation, right? So the question is, okay, George, fine, great, I got it. This wasn't the right. Uh, this person just hadn't thought it out. What should they have done, right? I would say just start testing it, right? Just start testing it with your friends and family. Just start testing it at work. Right, bring go even if you go to Starbucks, go to Starbucks, get one box of coffee, uh, a, a Joe box, bring your specialty product, whatever it is, and just put it in the kitchen and just have your co workers just come in and get a coffee and get this cookie or whatever you you have that's special and just be like, hey, listen, you know, this cookie is always accompanied by coffee 
or you dip it in coffee. I don't know, whatever, whatever situation that that is, and just see what people think about it. If they say, you know what, yeah, this is all right, but not my cup of tea or my cup of coffee, then maybe there's nothing there, or maybe you should just test at another place. You know, test like two, three different places uh, with different people and just get an average of what people think about the idea, right? Like, oh, wow, they go well together. They go amazing together. I mean, a lot of businesses have started because somebody was baking pies, bringing them at work, and everybody's like, oh, my God, you should be selling these. If you sold this, I'd buy it for $100. And then, boom, that's a business right there. Sure, I'll bake you one every week. Give me $100. And a lot of businesses have started that way. And then once you pass that litmus test at work, or at a family event, or at school, or wherever you are that that you have some people that can try some things and you trust uh, their judgment, then do some events, you know, similar to uh, one of our listeners did, where there was some backyard party and he came in and catered coffee. Made 40, 50 bucks out of it, but it was it was amazing. It told him that there's something there that people were like, oh, wow, this is amazing. You know, and $40 profit at a small party means that if you were at a big party, that could be a $400 profit. And if you did that big party every other week or every week, that's, you know, at the end of the month, that's close to $2,000 in profit. Not too shabby for nothing to set up or having spent... 50 bucks to set up uh, at a table at the side of of at the side of uh, a yard or something right so so started do it there and just also see see yourself uh, get yourself uh, accustomed to being in front of people and having people ask you questions and putting you on the spot if you if you've never done this before or if you're the energetic type have them see how passionate you are about what you do sometimes People may not love the product, but they love the person behind the product, and they see how energetic they are, and they're like they're they're willing to root for you, and they're willing to just come in and 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 buy your product just because they want you to to succeed. And a lot of people do. I mean, I saw it at the shop. There were a lot of people who came in, in any situation, and said, you know, listen, I'm just doing this because I want you guys to survive. I'm coming here every day. I could go to Starbucks. I could go anywhere else, but. I love you guys and I want you guys to succeed, right? And that's, and that's, you're going to get a lot of people like that as well. So uh, do that as well. Um, and then once you figure out that you're doing a lot of these parties and those are working out and they're doing great, then the next thing that you should do is then figure out a little bit of a more permanent solution. Maybe do country, uh, country or, or farm, uh, what are they called? uh the the stuff on the weekend like the 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 farm stands on the weekend you know just see if you can find some space there and do it there go every day bring your coffee pre-made with uh in in thermostats of some sort or containers that keep it hot for about five to seven hours there's plenty of them on amazon and and just do that there's a, a coffee roaster here called zeke's coffee that does brisk business in country farms or or these farm stands they're everywhere they're there and you go at the end of the day 
and you see a lot of empty containers and you and you can figure out they've sold you know a couple of thousands of coffee at these uh, farm stands so do that that's very little commitment no setup you just basically need hot containers and just cups napkins some of these little things and a couple of people just behind the table and that's it and you're done so no fancy machinery no three shifts of employees no setup no build outs and hundreds of thousands of dollars thrown at electrical wires or pipes that's it and then once you figure out that that's going well as well then that helps because those types of uh, events actually help build brand awareness as well and then once you see that you're making a lot of profit there then you start getting to the next step where you open something and you commit to it and you sign your five to ten year lease and you make it happen but by that time think about it you've gone through that would take you a good couple of years right so in a couple of years we've gone through just starting small testing your idea at work to just making it a little bigger than testing it at a party then then doing events and then doing farm stands and or farmers markets and then after you've done that and it's worked it's worked through all of these steps and you've made money through all of the steps now you're you're ready to go to the big leagues that's how you do it. It takes time, but I think that's what people don't understand. Uh, people think that, uh, you know, once you open it, it's kind of like Field of Dreams. Open it and they will come. And that's not the case. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of stuff takes a lot of time. We're, we're used to seeing successful people and we're used to thinking that somehow they just, boom, popped up and they were successful. And we don't get to see the 20 to 30 years of work that went into becoming the success that these people have become. I think people don't realize that. And they, they're looking for that instant gratification. They're like, oh, look, I'm, I'm really good. And they're looking for that instant validation. But it takes work. And, you know, the other thing I would do, uh, again, I did this and it wasn't the smartest thing, but don't quit your work to do an idea that you haven't tested before. Just don't do it. That's why they tell you all the time that don't quit what you have. Keep trying. Keep testing it. And until you're 100% sure and you're actually seeing some income coming in or you know exactly, you can plan it out when your income is going to start coming in so you can cover all your expenses, don't just quit your moneymaker. So anyway, but think it out. If you have an idea, just think it out, plan it out, and understand that it's going to take a lot of time before you actually can roll it out. Just going out there and doing something blindly is not necessarily the right way to do it. Again, coming from somebody who did. Um, but that's that's the lessons that you learn in the process. So I didn't want to discourage you. I'm just trying to give you honest steps on how to get things done and it may not be what you want to hear 
and everybody wants instant success because everybody feels like they don't have enough time left to do things. But again, success takes time. It's not something that you can force overnight, even though you may think you have the brightest idea ever. It's very rare that somebody comes up with an idea nobody's ever thought of before. A lot of times people look at them and there's some really smart people that do their due diligence and decide this is not for me. So by the time you come up into something that nobody's ever thought about, you should really think about it. Like, is it really nobody's ever thought about this? Or maybe there's no market here. Everybody's thought about it, but smarter people than me had decided that there's no market here. And if you find out that, hey, you're convinced that actually there's a market there, then go for it. Um, Anyway, all right, with that thought... Have a good night, and I will see you on future episodes. Well, here we are at the end of this episode. I've had a lot of fun. Uh, Keep an eye out for future episodes. We'll be bringing in uh, some people with some deep knowledge in various areas of running and owning a coffee shop or a coffee business. So we'll give you guys chances to ask questions um, or even get live on one of our episodes as well. So until then, have a good rest of the day.